Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 11 of the Convergence Podcast. I'm your host Siddhartha Valuri and in this week's episode I had the pleasure of talking to freelance concept artist Jibi Joseph. His work ranges from characters to environments to keyframes across multiple genres of art and we spoke in depth about how important it is to find the balance in this journey of art and how he goes about trying to find that synergy. We also spoke about how important it is to stay true to your own path and searching for your inner voice rather than getting swayed by the noise all around us. This was another information-packed episode and I hope you get some great value out of it. So let's go. Awesome. We're live now. Yeah, we're live now. So once again, oh, man. glad to have you on the call. Hey man, it's, 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 a, it's a honor for sure. <laughs> oh no dude, not uh, at all. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen all the artists you have had upon and uh, they were all really good and those are people I've really admired too. So it's definitely a honor to be a part of like uh, this continuous conversation that that really, I mean, it's a, it's really a way to look into the artists and how they feel and what they do. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a good so way to cool. really understand the mindset and trajectory that people go through to get to that point mm-hmm. that they're at. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes we just see the final product and mostly we only see yeah. the final product. And I think very few artists are that open who are sharing the struggles constantly and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just getting even a little bit of insight, I think is quite interesting. And For sure. I think just upon that note, I wanted to know, I, I'm not even sure of whether you studied art before or are you like a completely <laughs> self-taught yeah, person? My, yeah, yeah, my journey is kind of, a, I think it's... A, the normal artist journey, right? I mean, um, standard, uh, you start off with school. Um, when I and finished my school, I went to engineering uh, in 2008. Oh, so, that's a while back. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So, I'm pretty old, man. I'm like 30. <laughs> okay. So, um, I finished my engineering on two, I mean, started my engineering on 2008 and uh, finished it at around 2012. I mean, yeah, 2012. And, uh, that was like a completely different field and I, I was doing industry biotechnology. Mm. So yeah, after that, actually, when I, st- I still used to draw all, all the while. I mean, even when in the class, I mean, engineering for me was just like, um, <laughs> I was in the, it was a feeling where you are like in the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay. I'm like, huh? <laughs> so what do I do? I mean, I have nothing to do. And I used to just draw in like the back of the note. Like, as usual, I'm like one of those last benches mm-hmm. who just sleep or draw. I just I just used to sleep or I used to draw. I think I, that's the only two things I used to do in my college. So after that, um, I cannot. I still didn't know that concept art was like an actual viable field till then. And me and my friend, we were pretty. I mean, we used to at least one good thing was we had this friendly competition where we used to compare and like try to improve. But no tutorials, nothing was there in that time. So no, no way to like actual, there's no actual guidance at that time. So it was pretty random. And the kind of stuff and that we, you were drawing back then, was it like inspired by something specific or it was just like anything that you saw in front of you? The, the funny thing is we, um, we had this, um, like me, like uh, when in school, we were actually four artists, like we were like pretty close friends and we had this 
concept of this small story of like four gods or like four elemental gods this this was before i even saw avatar so i was like uh. <laughs> so so we had the same concept so we used to design like like we used to take up each element and we used to design our like oh our god element or like our characters like this so most of the, our work was kind of circled or revolved around that concept so we used to develop that i mean knowingly or unknowingly we used to develop that ip so that was a very uh, strange coincidence at that time but uh, things started um, i think people uh, started realizing that life is not easy at least for artists and i think my friends started to back off one by one mm-hmm. and only we both were left and uh, around uh, end of 2012 i kind of started uh, seeing i think fengs video that's when i this this thing sparked stuck in me so this is a feel i mean i didn't know that there's there was this feel till then so then i'm like okay fine let's uh, give it a shot and i um, actually i tried to go abroad try uh, try checking all the universities and that was very expensive I was like cashing out like 50 60 lakhs i didn't think uh, like financially i didn't think that was a really viable option because i knew that artists are not going to earn that much when i checked the salary and all that scale i'm like i have to like pay off the debts for like 10 15 years and that was to me at that time didn't feel like a smart idea so i was like looking for some other option in india and i came across this school called animation arts school goa okay go of all places but yeah <laughs> good place to study and uh, yeah <laughs> no no one believed me when i told i was going to study and go like dude are you sure or like mm, yep <laughs> so my parents were pretty chill about it and um uh, i mean i i uh, pretty much told them a, uh, like a game plan saying that uh, give me a time because it, as at that time i was actually placed in cts so i was actually leaving my job to uh, pursue this career hmm. how was their so reaction they were like, like were they okay with it at that point they i i was pretty convincing in that term because from from a pretty young age i used to plan meticulously so mm. i just uh, i just gave them a plan like a like a game plan saying oh this this is me in one year this is me in three years and i'm like okay fine <laughs> since i mean people you it's very easy to convince people if you know you are like if you're sure of what you're saying right and only when you're confused they then they are like uncertain they're like is he really sure he wants to do the right thing but i was pretty sure on like the game plan and everything and they were like convinced and i was pretty surprised so i thought there would be some kind of a friction they were mm-hmm. like okay fine let's do it <laughs> i so guess yeah i mean that- this uh, <laughs> having that planning works whether you're a child or an adult either way yeah 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 true. i mean that's a mature i mean that uh, that level of maturity that's when i learned the importance of planning it's like because me i like for sure i thought like there's going to be some kind of a friction because uh, parents in general they are not um like very um open to these different fields right and they didn't know anything about this field so they were like pretty like uh, blind to these things and but they just had that faith that maybe he'll make it through and uh, after that i studied in animation art school goa for around a year for me it was more like um, like a pass so that i shouldn't because they they were saying that this is there still a chance to go to cts and do this at the same time i was like if i do that i'm pretty sure i'm just going to get stuck in cts okay. and not develop because i saw my friends they all they, they were all in the same skill set as me and as uh, time flew by 
I mean, I started improving and they got stuck in that uh, same level of skill. And they were doing, they were still drawing at that time, but they were doing other things. So I kind of realized from that, that uh, I'm going to go into the same pitfall of them. And um, after that, I um, uh, worked, I mean, I studied there for a year. That was mainly just traditional uh, drawing. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Aditya Chari. So he was one I've of the instructors of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a really good instructor. Aditya Chari, Dattaraj Kamath. So they were like the leading instructors. Mm, I've seen Dattaraj Kamath's work, yeah. Yeah, so he, he was teaching us gesture and all this stuff. So it was a pretty good school. Uh, Rutra Jalakur was the, um, uh, like the, uh, like the, you could call the CEO, or like the founding member of the uh, school. And um, after like, like by that time, I kind of had like a good portfolio because uh, there was this downtime before I joined uh, A&A and there was like six to eight months. And at that time, I kind of, I kind of just took Scott's perspective book and I just went crazy on it and I, I just just did perspective for like six months straight like wow. 10 11 hours of perspective every day just doing that and that I think that kind of um, uh, like uh, because before that I had no like fundamental training or anything like that right so I knew that I had to put in the time to do it and uh, doing that exercise itself kind of like like really cemented my like views on drawing and perspective so when I went to this, uh, like the academy, I, it was pretty uh, like, at least uh, not like a, too much of a big difference between me and the students who were studying them. Because okay. most of the students there were like BFA graduates. So you were able to recover some amount of skill so that you were starting almost at a similar level when that course. Yeah, started. yeah, yeah. And uh, as time went by, I was able to develop more and more. And uh, one good thing was I used to do a lot of digital even before that. So, mm -hmm. because a lot of these guys didn't have a lot of uh, touch with uh, the digital medium. So they were struggling a bit, but at least luckily I had like a quick jump start in that, at least in that regard. So that was, that was like three terms. And by the end of third term, um, I got a job in a studio in Delhi called Pensilati. It was like a small studio. It's like a, they were, at that time, they were developing some mo mobile game. So I went there. I I, was, I I think I had like a nomad life after that. I worked there for like uh, six months. Uh, I was fed up with the job because I, that was all stylized. And I, I, I my portfolio had zero stylized work <laughs> in it. But I had to do stylized work because that was a mobile for mobile platform. They were pretty much, uh, I think, ripping off Clash of Clans or something like that. Oh, okay. So... So yeah, how did you end I, up I in that not, job if your portfolio did not sync up with their work? I mean, they gave me an artist and that artist was actually realist, like for like a realistic, um, mm. I think some pirate or something like that. And I like I passed the artist and I thought, I actually thought the book is going to be something and the artist was for characters and I ended up doing um, environment concepts for mm. like, like, you know, those uh, isometric environment concepts mm -hmm. and uh, assets and all this stuff. So I was like, uh, no, this is not my cup of tea. So... I quit the company around like six months was the contract time and I didn't extend the contract and I just quit. And after that, uh, I went back to um, Chennai where my parents were and I started freelancing. All throughout that time, I was doing like small freelancers. Yeah, after that, I started doing freelancing and um, for a while, I stuck with that. And uh, I think around 2016 or 15, I heard about Brainstorm. 
So not brainstorm concept design academy. So I was like, okay. oh, let's let's go and like I really felt like I I was plateauing in terms of my skill. So I was thinking, okay, <clears throat> I couldn't afford like the actual like the full range of courses in like art center or something because I think at that time it was like one point five crores or something. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, it was crazy expensive, man. I was like, <laughs> unless I had like like a lot of money, and there's no way I'm doing that. So I think there were other options where you could. <laughs> go to like a public school and get the visa okay like the public schools were like cheaper like you get like 15 lakhs or something like that you can get the visa and you can like uh, go to these schools like special schools say brainstorm or cda but i only knew that after i went there so so it's fine i mean i went to cda <clears throat> i took uh, two classes there like one for like creature design and one for like keyframes and um, at that time that's when one of my friends told me that there's this thing called brainstorm i didn't know about john's work till then okay so i'm like who yeah who who's running this studio and like john parker I'm like damn <laughs> <laughs> john john and james work were, i mean i knew james work before that because he he was he's like an industry veteran right and john's work just blew my mind away and uh, at that time i just decided i had to go to this place because he was teaching two classes and okay. i took both the classes i think form language and advanced entertainment Well, nice. And uh, that that was a really nice experience because they had a really valuable lesson in terms of teaching, and it was overall like a very um, the class was very, I would say like um, collaborative because even the students would give you feedback, and like even like when the teachers are like giving you feedback, students will say that oh yeah I mean. That this could have been better, or like the teacher would actually ask you to like give you give them feedback on. So it's like a like it's not just a one like a feedback from one direction or just a, from one perspective. You get like multiple perspectives. Almost like so, a I mean, studio how, kind of setting where you can. Yeah, yeah. Like a, I was about to say, like a studio where you get multiple kind of inputs from AD and some of the uh, concept artists. So they wanted to give that training early on. So. Mm-hmm. so that was one of that and because there's a lot of ego clash when that happens usually right so they also wanted to make sure that you are used to that kind of a, a atmosphere where you get feedbacks even from people who are junior to you so there's there's no seniority or anything like that right it, an idea or a concept is a concept so it doesn't matter where it comes from so that was that so i stayed there for 6 months because my uh i actually went on a b1 visa so the visiting visa was the max of 6 months so i okay. <laughs> i think i was exiting when the visa was about to expire in like 3 days or something like <laughs> uh, yeah made so, full use of the visa learned as much yeah, as yeah, yeah 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 pretty much pretty much so how different was that experience what? over there like if you look at somebody like dattaraj kamath kamath he is also an expert in his own right with the kind of work that mm-hmm. he does and but, but when you look at john or james they are also experts in their style of work which was i suppose closer to the kind of work that you wanted to do so how yeah. was that experience for you learning from these different kind of veterans i mean with uh with the, in terms of the experience i think because this thing really resonated with what i wanted to learn and they were people who were at the time working in the industry right so we were getting like solid information that was was you have you i think i don't know if you experience like there are a lot of uh, academies in india men and most of them are bullshit because most of the teachers here haven't even uh, worked in an industry so i mean they don't have that industry experience and when they teach and they're not uh, like implementing any knowledge into that it's just 
they have learned some uh, gibberish and they're just in, like just putting that into the head of their students because a lot of uh, people have just approached me saying that I've studied in this uh, like um, academy. I've spent like three years here. But when I look at their work, it's like, uh, man, what did you do for three years? It almost feels like you guys had to, you guys wasted your three years time not being able to like prepare like a proper portfolio. But with them, I felt like they were very meticulous in the way they structured their classes, the way their uh, like feedback was given and even their uh, way of collaboration in terms of uh, like maybe mixing in two classes together. Sometimes they used to do that where they used to mix in two classes and let you have feedback from people from other classes too. Oh, that's nice. And they used to, yeah, they used to even bring in some guest lecture people. So yeah, I mean, that was a really good experience. And I suppose and, uh, uh, in those kind of specialized schools, the kind of people who come to learn are also super interested in the industry and want to learn and grow faster. So I guess that um, energy in the class is much more interesting and positive to learn in, I guess. Oh man, don't, don't remind me. My uh, ENT2 class was like the most kick-ass class. I think it had Finian, it had uh, Kevin Jake, it had um, Sean Q. It had like one of the best artists at that time. Like when in our like um, like the starting artist and we were like <laughs> me me and Pali were a team. We were like, oh man, <laughs> we are going to get our asses kicked so badly <laughs> this term. So it was a really enlightening experience because they all of them used to um, bring an, an amazing works, and um, we we were this like because we used to think that our work is really good. Like because you have every week to submit, and. Um, I think week one, Simon, I don't know if you're familiar with Simon Dubek's work. So not sure. he's a really good artist. He's working in Riot, I think. So he, uh, he just brought like, I think like we brought like five uh, sketches, like character sketches or something like that. He just bought like, I think two pages with 40 like colored sketches. We are like, <laughs> no, that is a different level of uh, like efficiency, right? So I mean, uh, during that time, I think um, I learned uh, one, um, key principle that I still teach everyone or I uh, keep to myself is being efficient. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, um, that's a key principle that I go by in, in terms of anything I do. I mean, the client work I do or like uh, personal projects I do, I try to find like the least, the uh, part of the least resistance. I mean, if, if I don't need to use 3D, I won't use 3D just because I know that stuff. So, so I mean, with uh, client work that has really helped me because a lot of times what happens at least like earlier on is I would use a pipeline with the client. And by the time I'm doing like the final feedback, that pipeline is just out of the window because you're just, just editing, 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 and you get so many feedbacks that it's kind of useless going back 3D, right? So you have to just do it in 2D. So with all that experience, I kind of felt like, like always have like a very, like if you get a um, brief, look at the brief and just see like what is the most efficient, easy way. Don't go the hard way. Mm -hmm. So, because you'll always have, you never know like what kind of um, like uh, feedback will pop up in the next, like the next review. Sometimes the you know, client will just go 360 and you're like, you just wasted like three days setting up the whole scene. So yeah, that is something John really like nailed into our heads being, uh, being efficient. And um, also his uh, way of thinking about design was really unique. So that is something I really loved. Uh, his form language class was uh, a real eye-opener for sure. And yeah, with CDA, I got to meet 
I mean, luckily I got to meet a lot of those instructors and um, yeah, I mean, it was a very similar experience with Syria, but with Syria, there was not much interaction between the students. Okay. So I felt like that was a thing that Syria is lacking because here it was like more of a family environment. There it was more like a school environment, but strictly school where you you don't you just go sit in the class, you just listen to what the lecturer has to say, give your notes, uh, get your feedback, and just leave. I guess that depends on so the kind just, of organization or institution it is. Yeah, yeah, it depends on the structure they are following, right? Yeah. So, uh, brainstorm had a different structure where they wanted that studio environment to be. So, no work is like shown digitally; everything is printed out. Mm-hmm. You you stick it on a wall, so it's very it's very professional. And that uh, tactile feel of the work also helps. Uh, like you, you feel your work, so that gives you a bit more ownership of the work. Definitely, we had something quite similar in FZD as well, where we had to definitely print out our work each submission. And like you said, seeing that in paper gives a quite a different feel to the work that you've been doing. Otherwise, you kind of get lost in the minutia and the small details within the screen. So that's quite yeah, an yeah, thing. and just looking at the whole body of work is it's just really inspiring to realize oh man so i did so much work so that uh that feel uh, i mean i really loved it so and i tangent that was a lot big tangent no, so no, that's good. That's good. Uh, <laughs> so i think around 2016 i came back like after six months and um after that after like a couple of months i i joined this um, fx studio called the circus it's in hyderabad so that was a studio that was started up by um, some of the that was right after rnh closed down so okay. a lot of the rnh artists started the studio so they were looking for a concept artist and uh, i joined that studio and there i i think worked for 5 months and around that time that's when satish contacted me saying that there's a, like an opening in technicolor I'm saying, oh, it's a really interesting project. I, I, I think you already know, and all this. I'm like, it's a triple A project, and because here I was doing more of um, uh, <clears throat> a bit more management and art, art direction kind of. It was like a mix of work, right? So I had to manage a team. I had to do concepts on the side. So I, I was not really ready for that kind of a manager role at that time. So I was thinking, okay, let let's switch. So. Did you have any stipulated contract period at the circus before you could leave or was it open up to I, you? No, I, that, that was actually, they took me as a full-time. Okay. So I just had to give them the one month uh, contract. And um, yeah, after leaving circus, I, I think I came, came here in 20, I think it's 2017, August. I'm not, it's 2017, 2018. I think it's 2017 August. So around that time, I came and joined uh, Technicolor, and um, I started working on the uh, IP. And that was, uh, I think, I started working on day two. <laughs> wow. So yeah, so they were pretty uh, tight on like the the timeline and everything. They really wanted an artist like right away. So that was there. So Technicolor life was pretty good because um, that's the first time I was working in like a really big established like a studio because before that I just, I will have been working with small teams. So that kind of taught me a lot about like the pipeline, how things work. We got to meet like artists in all, all the levels, right? So you get more, you get to see what models do, where that goes, where like the texturing goes, where like the rigging goes, like how like the final effects and elements are added. 
and like what, who does the cinematic work and all this stuff because we got to work with the cinematic team too so we had to do some matte paintings for the i think for the game um, cinematic so that was a really uh, like widespread um experience and uh, yeah we uh quit technical in 20 was it 2018 Oh, so you both yeah, went 20... at the same time, is it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Satish quit around. Um, he quit a bit late. I think around November, but I quit around September. So we, yeah, I mean, we quit around the same time. Then uh, after that, the we just started the studio and. Uh, things have been going fine from that <laughs> nice i mean that's like a yeah. abridged version i want to go kind of <laughs> deeper into each of these levels as well yeah um, yeah sure i mean one thing i really notice about your trajectory up to starting a professional career itself is that you've studied in different colleges in different countries you had quite a bit of experience moving around so i think that itself gives you some sort of maturity as a person because someone who has stayed in only one city and only one institution might have a much let's say localized view, world view and mm-hmm. not be able yeah. to interact with so many people so i'm sure that must have helped you interact with people inside bigger studios and stuff like that for sure for sure i mean um, i mean it also opened up like uh, because when i went to the states i got to meet a lot of people from different culture mm-hmm. i i was pretty uh, ignorant in terms of like uh, like who 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 are the people from china or like what's the difference between like the people inside china or like what's the difference between people in hong kong or like taiwan or all that stuff so but when you actually meet people from there and you hear their stories it it was really like i open up because was like you said uh, i love traveling man and i <laughs> need to get back after the corona is done mm-hmm. i mean at least like subsided but that this kind of um, i like um, this travel kind of prompted me to because it's like a spark right once you travel once then you get that spark or like oh let's do this again was yeah. really good because um, i think um, i went to thu in 2017 and that was because i had a lot of friends from the states who were coming there okay and i i wanted to meet them in person and uh, i was thinking okay let's let's try thu i mean i haven't been to portugal so that 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 became like um like a spark that's started that idea and and that got me into travel a lot and um, i guess travel helps you like build at least right now i i feel like i'm maturing more into an artistic person where i i kind of start to like uh, enjoy the subtlety in things well before that i used to be very um, narrow minded in terms of i just wanted to be like uh, an established artist or i just wanted to be um, like a so and so artist or something like that but now i after traveling and after meeting people and after gaining some experience i started like looking more more deeper into myself where uh, recently i have been working on this book and uh, mm-hmm. so even that that project was something uh, that i wouldn't usually take up if i was just like focusing on my this art career so this was more like how do i express myself because i really like the written medium too so because i feel like written medium is something that like kicks you off your imagination in a different way from art so i was like let's like uh, combine both the mediums and i mean i i know it'll suck the first the first few times but it's worth a shot right and um, so yeah i mean 
I think I'm done with volume one, so I'm switching to volume two of that book. That's awesome. So is this is this going to be like a written plus illustrated book, or is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll send you volume one if, if you yeah. if you're okay with proofreading it. Absolutely. Man, I've sent it to so many people. <laughs> <laughs> I I just wanted to get like I just have like a, a lot of like uh, grammatical stuff to be fixed, but right now it's just putting placing stuff and. Um, uh getting the text ready i just have like the gist of the story and i just did it uh, did the volume first volume of that and are you get, uh, are you the, planning to like tease any bit of, bits of the stories before putting it out there or is it going to be like a massive drop once everything is ready actually i was planning to the tease thing i wanted to do it after the volume 2 is ready so that actual content is ready before i start teasing it that makes so, sense yeah so I mean, uh, it's been on the site like burner for a while because I recently got engaged and I was just uh, busy oh, with all that stuff. Congratulations! So, yeah, thank you. So I, I might be busy with that until my I think my marriage is around April. So, <laughs> so I'm just of, getting used to that. Lot of stuff happening finally then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So if I was if I was just uh, like a bachelor, I wouldn't really ha- I have I would have like all the time in the world. But right now I am just in that transition period. so i feel like yeah i mean at least put, let's put it in the like side for now and uh, i just i'm just trying to refine the story and maybe like finish it up and finish it up and uh, put it to put it across to people and uh, like get like a good input from them and maybe uh, put it up on my website or something so that's awesome yeah, i mean that that's a planet and <laughs> i like the fact that you've started so many of these personal larger projects because Yeah, family. I mean, family life and just life keeps evolving over time. So it's good to start those bigger projects early because once you get too many yeah. responsibilities, it might be harder to start those large projects all of a sudden. Yeah, you you would you would feel very uh, uh like discouraged too. For me, I was thinking this um, at least I, if I could do like two books a year, and by the time I in a decade, most probably though they would be like pretty good in terms of like the content. so i i was just thinking in that uh, aspect and i'm someone i someone who wants to retire like in 40 minutes <laughs> oh, like okay. in a, in a decade i i really want to retire i don't want to do a lot of work after that i mean maybe like like small small gigs but i'm i'm planning for pretty much planning for an early retirement that's interesting so, i think you're probably the only artist i've ever heard say that what yeah i mean i'm i i me personally i don't really enjoy doing professional work that much okay and uh, that's that's another reason i really don't go after credits or something like that if i mean it doesn't matter like where work come from if it's even if it's a triple a project i'll do it but even if it's an indie project i'll do it i mean for me at the end of the day it's just a uh, means to an end right let me let me get the money and let me get the investments so that i i can have like a chill i mean when you like when i broke it down to the basic concepts uh, why do you work you work for money right yeah. all of us work for money and um, uh, if you had all the money in the world i would just go to an island and just i would just draw i wouldn't work for some big company never in like in like any any uh, in any alternate life i would never do that so i mean i just broke it down to that simplicity and i thought i mean if money is a problem let me uh, set up a process where it doesn't become a problem after a certain period and after that i can just do whatever i like at that time maybe if i feel like working i can work for 3 months then if i don't feel like working i just can do my personal stuff so i like the kind of clarity that you have i really appreciate it because not too many artists specifically or creative folk think 
that far ahead and they're quite occupied with the day-to-day -day work of getting better as an artist. So I appreciate the fact that you're thinking along those lines and planning the retirement and just that's a good thing to do definitely. And I would definitely <laughs> encourage you, myself and other people to think about stuff <laughs> like that more. Talking about... Yeah, I mean... Uh, sorry, go, yeah. ahead. go ahead. No, I was just saying that, I mean, at least this visual clarity kind of... I mean, I, I'm a person who who wants to simplify my life for sure. Try to keep all my choices to a minimum. And that has helped me so far. And uh, even in terms of my artistic growth, it has been very, very like a slow pace growth. I never tried to like rush through things. And I've, I've kind of learned from a lot of people and James used to say this a lot. I mean, dude, you have to have, to have the patience to enjoy your art. And I, like I, I started hating my art like around 2016-17 because I used to do a lot of work. I used to just sit, sit, draw, 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 and try a lot of programs. And because I mean, at that time, at that time, I think there were a lot of people using ZBrush. There were a lot of people using uh, Unreal Engine. So I, I used to just switch between these random stuff. And um, when I, like, when two years passed and I had no work at hand, I kind of realized that I was doing something wrong. And I was in pretty depressed at that time. I was like, I'm not improving at all. And I just keep wasting time. And that time I had to like, like I started doing meditation and all this stuff. And like, I started getting this visual clarity on why, why, why am I doing this thing? And why am I switching between things? And I kind of felt like this is basically because of temporary distraction. As I go to ArtStation or I look up someone's profile, I look, oh, this, uh, this workflow is interesting. Let me try it out. And by uh, before I know it, one month passes by, and I'm just facing every day, just for, like trying to work out this thing. And the next month, I'm trying in something new. <laughs> Sometimes these things are not even a month, right? Sometimes it's a week. Yeah. And this becomes this psych uh, cyclical thing, where this never-ending quest for new, new uh, things, uh, like keep coming on. And I, I was thinking, okay, I mean, slow down, uh, relax, like with the skill sets you have right now. What can you do? So once I started realizing that, I realized that anything I knew and learned should be in a through a, I would say like a, a period of time, maybe a three or six month period, where I'm slowly ingesting that knowledge because there's no use trying to quickly ingest that knowledge and like immediately trying to incorporate that into your workflow, right? You you'll achieve it, but like the way you achieve it would be very much artificial because you'd be too dependent on the on the medium and not on your personal style or something like that. So I, I find a felt like let's slowly incorporate that uh, uh, the process into your process and make something new out of it. And um, even right now, I'm kind of experimenting with some uh, new workflows of just uh, taking 3D renders and maybe using that as a base, not like, like even for characters or like uh, taking different camera angles and using that as a base to test out for keyframes because I really wanted to uh, like become uh, better in doing keyframes. So I, I didn't really have a, like really extreme angles of characters. So I, I just thought let's take quick, quick, quick renders of like extreme angles of the characters fighting or something with pose and uh, use that as like a base for keyframes. So like right now, like even now I'm not like, oh, I need to do the whole thing in 3D. So I'm like trying to mix the, both the mediums so that I get to that sweet spot where I'm comfortable and I'm not like too 
controlled by like the output of that medium yeah that's a very good point like there needs to be a synergy between what your goal is what you're trying to achieve and the kind of technique that you're using because like you rightly said it's very easy to get distracted by new techniques or especially whenever somebody releases a high quality piece of work it's natural to feel like okay let's try out what that person has done because they've obviously achieved a good result but that doesn't mean that that technique will work for you because you may have kind of different goals that you're trying to achieve so finding that balance yeah, is quite yeah. important yeah i mean uh, people um, a lot of times people i mean have asked me saying that how do i get my artistic style it's it's through not copying other people right it's through your own self discovery i mean when you copy you copy from 10 people not just one person when you do that like when you copy from 10 people you get something it's only something will stick but no matter how hard you try you can't copy uh, like that person 100% because you always have your your style into it so automatically you can't you can't really rip off people yeah even if you try it and unless it's like a very easy style to rip off it's very hard for like you to rip off like a really good Yeah, even if you're tracing so, over somebody's work it'll still have your own imprint yeah yeah when you do the brush strokes you can't fake those brush strokes for sure yeah. so that's that's a, that's the plain reality even if you try to rip off people who are really good you can't do that so so you, you so don't don't be afraid of trying to learn from people or trying to incorporate their style but just don't get too fixed on one person's style for too long where you're just you're just uh, trying to mimic their work and 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 people would just start judging saying that oh man this guy just does uh, a work that is very similar to this artist and he has no sense of uh, style or sense of self um, like um, expression and that's a very hard thing so, to find right especially early on when you're just so focused on let's say nailing down the techniques especially as a junior artist where of course that's quite important as well especially if you want to land a consistent job or consistent freelance work you're so occupied with the technique that you forget about thinking about these larger ideas that you have internally and yeah i mean what what would you suggest or what do you think is the right way to approach this because for me personally reading books has been the best source of finding those inspirations where i'm not distracted by the visual language of somebody else I mean I um, I mean I what I used to do is I um, I don't know if you are familiar with this uh, terminology called notan and chiaroscuro That's the shading technique right Yeah no 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 it's it's like um notan is like the difference in values okay. and chiaroscuro is like the difference in light and shadow oh, right, okay, So okay. if you I mean uh, yeah so that that's uh, I mean I use this uh, these two things to kind of break down a style so you can break down a style dependent on like these two concepts and with these two concepts you can really say like what is the artist using to express his artwork is he using like a notan kind of an artwork i mean i can only this is a slightly uh, like um <laughs> this is like a slight mind fuck because it's it's a it's a pretty deep concept uh, you have to actually have some kind of an uh, example to explain but i'll, I'll try to explain in nonetheless but uh, so you just use these two things to get a sort of like a i would say like a scale saying this artist uses this uh, this much and this this much and when you have the scale you can pretty much replicate any of his artwork or you can understand what what he is doing more than replicating his artwork so this kind of a, when you try to replicate a style don't try to draw his his or her style 
try to understand like how they are achieving it. Why, why are they only using flat values? Why are they not using like, sh because some artists use hard shadows and some artists just use soft light. Because when you use soft light, you get a lot of no tan. You get a lot of difference in values. So objects are separated by values. And when you use uh, chiaroscuro, you get a lot of these uh, like a matrix, like a value matrix where everything is just mixed, intermixed together. And you just get this nice juicy shapes. So these are different uh, techniques. You, other, they don't do it like, like me mentally, they're not thinking about these things, but they just reach that point where they, they're just using it like subconsciously, but you can still break down those things into these core components of Chiraskira and Notan. And with those things, you can kind of understand like, okay, this artist uses this, this much and this, this much. So maybe I can try out a similar artwork with this kind of a combination. When you do these kind of things, and um, I think you have to daily experiment daily, just like maybe spend like half an hour, like experimenting, like, because like I said, you can experiment either different artists work. Like one day you take one artist's work, you try to like study what it is for like half an hour. Like, why are they using these strokes or why, how are they defining? Because I think the best way to, uh, breakdown work is how an artist defines form. Hmm. Well, different people use different techniques to define form. There are like n number of ways to define a form. So just breaking down on that, just simple concept like how does this guy or this girl like break down a form, or like how do they define form, or how do they define shape, or how do they like um, show depth in their images? Because everyone has a different uh, approach to depth. Like atmosphere is just one thing. They can even use shapes overlap or a different kind of a camera angle. So these kind of like, just having like a like a set of keywords that you'll always look at when you're doing the studies and just doing like half an hour, half an hour of these sketches. And by the end of the month, you'll probably have a different style than you started off with. Hmm. That's, a, so your that's a good way. I mean, I like the way you're almost analytically breaking down each piece of artwork rather than just looking at the whole body of work, you're going down into the subtleties of each particular artwork yeah. and almost breaking it into multiple layers to try and backtrack or reverse engineer how the person yeah. made that artwork. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, at least it makes sense not to do like 10 copies of the work and not understand why, because they would do it subconsciously. And they, even when they're doing like tutorials, they wouldn't even tell that because they're doing that thing subconsciously, but you have was art artists, artists that, end product and you can analyze it to your understanding and because your understanding of art is different from theirs. So, so you, you can have your own terms introduced into that concept saying that, Oh yeah. So this guy does it like this. So I'll also do it the same way or like the way he treats values is completely different than what I do. So can I incorporate, because a lot of times when you try to incorporate that thing, it might not work for your workflow or you wouldn't really enjoy your artwork. Then you're like, Oh, let's try something tomorrow something else. And by like doing this continuously, you will end up with a style that is unique to you for sure, because you're not taking from one source. And then that's a choice. Do you want to stick with the style for the rest of your life? Or do you want to change that style into something else? Or, or do you want to improve upon that set style you already have set? Yeah, I guess so, that's like an everlasting quest. You just keep yeah, that's a, over time. <laughs> Even within ideas and subject matters that you want to tackle itself, that also dictates the kind of products you end up creating. So there's yeah. so much, so many pathways or branches that you can go down. 
Uh, actually, that's a good segue into one topic I wanted to discuss. Like when I look at your work, there's quite a lot of variety in the kind of stuff that you're tackling. There's a lot of characters, keyframes, sci-fi, fantasy environments, quite a lot of realistic stuff as well. How have you gone about approaching so many different subject matters over time? I I feel like I at least to me that um, I started off with characters, but I had like interest in doing a lot of things at the same time. But I know, and right now I know that that was like the wrong thing to do because you really don't specialize in one thing. You are really diverse. <laughs> was like um, when you choose the path of diversity, it takes a lot of time to get really good in like each specific criteria. But uh, I think the diversity started off with uh, me liking characters. Then I started liking doing a bit of environments. Then I had to study about that. Then I started liking doing. uh maybe keyframes so and it's i i don't know i think it's like an organic process where i just at that time i like doing it and uh, i am kind of a person who when i get obsessed about something i just dive deep into it and i try to tackle that problem and unless i tackle it i won't be like 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 i'll be super restless okay so so it wasn't can, like a like, conscious decision to purposely diversify the kind of subjects you're tackling it just organically evolved over time yeah very organic very organic because a lot of times my uh, project i would do i would be like um, yeah i need some creatures oh, let's do it mm, <laughs> so i would just do yeah yeah i would just do creatures and um, i think in terms of art one good thing that helped me is i i could draw like sketch from a like a, from the very beginning so when you know how to sketch something then you can pretty much draw anything right uh, if you have the right idea then i don't think subject matter would be a problem if you have the like the skill to define a form and if you have like uh, like uh, the skill to design i feel like subject matter shouldn't be a really a really big problem you can get used to the subject matter in like a matter of weeks yeah i was just going to come to that actually like it clearly shows that the fundamental skills are quite sound and that's the reason you're able to approach so many different things within these subjects is there something that you want to push to a very high degree from here on because now that you've tackled yeah. a variety of things you know where yeah. you stand i feel like at least right now i um, since i told about the book project because those uh, projects would be more keyframe oriented so i was i was planning on doing more keyframe oriented work i was yeah i mean i think for the book um i was super inspired by simon uh, stanhack's uh, mm-hmm. work and uh, his his work was really mind blowing so i was thinking like i had a very similar idea like way back and i had written like a book like uh, I, i was that was a crazy attempt to write like a 400 page book but it kind of failed in like 150 or something <laughs> <laughs> stop writing it but but i mean i still had that drive to do these things so i i'm like right now like i said it's all i'm um it's like introspect and i'm just looking into myself saying like gb what did you like to do before and what like i had a lot of dreams before right a lot of us have dreams we abandon them like midway so i am always going back to that like uh, my roots where like what really gave me inspiration and what really gave me um like uh like the thrill or like the joy so i went back to those roots and i try to and uh, go back to those stories that really 
like inspired me so i was thinking like i had this so many crazy stories written for all my personal projects like i mean doesn't hurt to develop them and this book is one of those projects like one of those personal projects there was like a like a four line or five line uh, like a brief mm-hmm. that i worked with earlier and i was like the content was there i mean i, I felt like the content was pretty good for like a book i mean let's give it a shot and i, <laughs> I was able to really like quickly finish it up in like two months but after that i i didn't really give it for like um this thing like a proofread or something like that so that it just stayed in the shelf for like like three four months now i'm like oh, i have to kick up the dust and i have to start giving it to people and start uh like finishing up the volume two but yeah mostly i would um i would be slowly uh sailing towards that region where i want to create my own content and uh maybe pro, uh, like slowly make it sustainable enough for me to yeah retire soon hmm. that's a dream absolutely um i was curious like these ideas or ips that you're planning to develop is there some larger connection that you want to establish maybe in terms of a tv show pitch or a film pitch or is it going to be only in the written form for the time being i'm i'm not planning on uh, like maybe uh making into a it into a tv series or like a movie because right now i frankly speaking my skill level is like pretty mediocre when it comes to like storytelling or like the actual written form so i wouldn't expect anything from it okay. so that's why like for me it's this is just more like a trial run where can can i actually create content that people enjoy i mean that's the only thing that's running through my mind and um like even the decisions i make i kind of like uh, revolve them around this concept of where i can maybe create these contents of like these books and all the stuff maybe on a yearly basis and just uh, put it out and maybe uh, like one or two things click and you never know where it goes right so that's true i like i like that idea I wanted to touch back on a point that you had mentioned earlier which will kind of take us in yeah. a different trajectory. So you had mentioned that Satish had reached out to you regarding the opening in uh, Technicolor back in the day. And yeah. I'm curious like how did you establish that connection with Satish because a lot of people will have this kind of a question where to them just getting a job at Technicolor would be a very big deal for them at that particular mm-hmm. time. but here you are where you are getting an invite almost to come and join the company mm. so through some sort of connection so how how do you yeah yeah i mean i i mean i uh, think me and satish started talking oh, like in facebook like like two or three years back before that and i had met him in person in chennai and all this stuff mm-hmm. when he was working there so i i was pretty close to him like before we started joining i mean before i started like working in technicolor so that that is one factor and the other factor is um he had shown it to the ad over there and he was pretty impressed with the work nice so i mean that that is one you need both the key elements i mean you your connection will just get you so far where you work will be like uh, pushed forward to the people who matter and after that they can't do anything other than saying recommending you saying that you are a good person and you are you were i mean you work at this good then they get to decide whether they need they need to hire you or not so getting connections uh, this uh, day and age i think is not a problem right so if you just go to any artist just chat them up in facebook they will be more than happy to mm-hmm. uh, like talk back and um 
another uh, easy way or like an efficient way i found is like taking up their uh, classes mm -hmm. and uh, proving to them that you're really good like these industry veterans when they look at your work and they see you work really good they they will be like impressed and they will have your name in the back of the head whenever they have like a new project coming up they will say like, let's give this uh, chap a shot i mean he was really good in my class so that's another way to maybe try to break into the industry that's definitely so, a good yeah. strategy because it's almost like a double win for you you're learning some new techniques yeah getting mentored by an artist you look up to yeah. and also it's forming yeah it's sort of like an internship right where you you get, do the work and you you kind of prove to them that what you're capable of and um, then they decide whether to uh, take you on a new job i wanted to talk about the nano giga interactive journey so far you're kind of like breaking the norm in the sense where you're setting up a outsource concept studio in india because i don't think anyone's doing that kind of triple a concept arts outsourcing from india as far as i know it's either freelancing or working in a studio which is already mm -hmm. developing their own work how has that journey been for you guys so far i think it's just a natural progression because um, at least for me i had this um, when i started out i had this dream of starting a studio it's mm -hmm. like way back in 2012 so that was like a like a thing that was going through my head because i for me i enjoy doing this entrepreneurial things because it's it's a different kind of a thrill other than art at least uh, even with my family i try to push them to do business and all this stuff so i felt like uh, with technicolor that was like um, this uh, like uh, sort of like a breaking point where like i reached this spot and uh, i felt like this this is like a very stale place to be where as an artist your development is pretty much just uh, stopped and um, there's so much politics that you just get fed up after a while and i was like for me personally i was like no this is not really going to work for me mm -hmm. and um, i'm i'm like i'm pretty much like this no bs guy so and i used to be pretty straightforward all my uh, colleagues too so for me i thought that okay this this has gone far enough and uh, i was doing a lot of freelance before we made that jump so uh, both of us were like pretty uh, familiar with the freelance uh, market and frankly that jump was more like we got this nice project so we could jump and after that uh, projects just keep coming in okay and uh, for the triple a studios i'm not sure i think there's one studio called little, little red zombies again but that's they more were, in the production side i guess but production i think yeah i think they do production they do work. character production like very very high quality okay. artwork of course like. yeah 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 but i think they they had like a concept team too oh, okay but yeah, I'm, i'm not sure i'm not like really sure but i only like that's a, a doubt because i remember someone uh, talking to me saying that they were working there and uh, i used to remember that oh wait wasn't that like a production studio so i was pretty confused too so i'll try reaching out to them because their work is pretty amazing as well really amazing yeah yeah so within so, within this uh, studio that you guys have created is it just you and satish yeah. who are working or do you hire other freelancers uh, and Kind of right now it. yeah we we um we, sl uh, we slightly started to expand in terms of freelancers because uh, 
till now we we just had enough work for in between both of us mm-hmm. then uh, towards the uh, end of the year like end of one because now, now it's almost been uh, two plus years now since the studio started so and the end of uh, the first year i think we started getting extra projects where we had to bring in new people and uh, train them and try uh, maybe start passing on work to them but uh, in the future we definitely see um, like a lot of work getting just uh, given off to other people for sure because a lot, uh, we really can't handle like the volume of work that will come up after like our, like certain periods of time we really can't handle like the volume that's amazing i mean i really hope you guys set up a great concept design studio over here and yeah man i mean uh, that that was one of my other dreams where like um uh, like uh, because a lot of i met a lot of indians abroad too and a lot of them would keep complaining saying that um man india is uh, really backward in terms of concept uh, in terms of every, like the education and everything and uh, i i just felt like i mean there's no use complaining right i mean That's true. you can complain a lot and you can complain about everything but unless you take an initiative to make a change i don't think nothing's going to change so even when we started the studio uh, like we were very clear that after we established we wanted to help people that's uh, art clan is one of those like brain child ideas where like we wanted to help the people no matter like who who they are like maybe they're people from mostly i think art clan people are from india and we really wanted to art like help the artists grow in like a very positive way and it also helps us as a whole as an industry because people at least uh, think of india as a cheap outsourcing um like a outlet and we at least wanted to change that mindset saying that even from india you can get like good quality triple a quality book and uh, we are not some kind of a cheap outlet that like you you come here for a discount this is more like even we can provide like premium content so that was that was one of the founding goals of the company that word that you used initiative i feel that's such a key word because it's very easy to crib about something that you don't have but the risks yeah. involved in taking the initiative are far greater and like there was no guarantee that nanogiga is going to work out or not it's like yeah, yeah you guys put in that risk financially as well as time wise and yeah it's great that it's working out now and of course like i've also seen a lot of the live streams that you guys have done for art clan and i've noticed over yeah. the last 2 3 weeks a lot of people have started joining in people from all over the world yeah. and i really like yeah. that fact that a new community is getting formed so that's a good way to start inspiring a whole new set of artists down the line yeah i mean all of us have been inspired from like because uh, me personally have been um, i think back in the day the the only uh, community i had was conceptart.org i don't know if you remember that yeah yeah i, I do i do <laughs> i was like quite <laughs> like when i talked to young just starting out at that time but... yeah yeah when i talked to some people like, what is that like, oh <laughs> never mind <laughs> too young to know that <laughs> but yeah that was that was the, the that was a hip thing at that time and i really loved the way they used to help people and i don't think with, with without that i wouldn't have like been able to maybe come up as an artist so i know how important like having a proper community is so for us this artland was like at least let's give because we have enough knowledge to like at least help people who are starting out 
and um, we felt like that that's uh, at least as artists it's our duty to help people other people and at least upcoming artists and um, we have tried to do it as much as we can like like try to do those weekly sessions but yeah i mean it's all like part of this um uh, concept that we had that um, at least when we initially started the studio that we the uh, whole setup is to create that mentality where people can um come to india and like maybe reach out to in indian uh, artists and say that we have this nice project can you do that because unless you have like uh, for example if you take some like poland before like a lot of those polish artists came out i mean no one really cared or looked at poland as like a really good place for games i think kryta was one of the first uh, really good companies that came up yeah i mean there's cdpr crytek but those were more like institutions and big companies but yeah 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 there was a, there was almost like i think in the last decade a whole bunch yeah, of yeah like the boom in the last yeah. i mean i after i think after crytek cd project red came up and like these two giants they just started bringing up these really insane games so i want india to at least to become a hub like that it all starts with this base concept of like like oh these guys can produce con- good content so when people have that faith then uh, automatically you can get enough people interested in starting an indian uh, game studio that can rival those people in poland as i frankly speaking i think we have the talent it's just it's just scattered around a lot so it just needs a good leadership to go in the right direction i almost look at it in a way where there's a whole let's say a uh, selection of people who are quite senior at this point who have lost the interest to create content they are more in mm-hmm. the, in terms of producing content for other ips it's almost mm-hmm. required that a new generation of artists come up and take the risk at their younger age where they don't have that mm-hmm. much to lose in terms of setting up a studio and raji is a great example of that as well yeah yeah i mean yeah that that game is pretty mind blowing because no one expected like uh, that quality of a uh, game to come out of india and uh, like the all the artists who have worked on it were like really ex- exceptional mm-hmm. in terms like play of the the content they delivered for sure do you guys have any internal ips that you guys work on in hopes of creating it someday or just kind of generating these ideas so to speak mm-hmm. i mean um that that was like a recent uh, conversation we had that uh, we have to develop these int- because right for this past two years we were just um, like pretty much occupied with just setting our roots down and now so that like some things are established we have this idea of having these internal ips and uh, maybe um, like if the ip is pretty good we might like you said like have these um, maybe talk with some clients or like people who can develop that ip so that's that's all in like the the back of our mind but yeah that's fascinating hopefully those things work out now i always like at least it's good to be thinking along those lines i feel like because it's easy to get yeah. stuck in your bubble and not worry about those things and almost hope that somebody else will start an idea for Do you <laughs> so i think it's good that you guys are thinking along those lines already um talking about that art clan live streams that you guys are doing um i had noticed yeah. that a lot of times the people who are joining in are in the earlier stages of their career who are trying to gain a lot of knowledge for you guys yeah. and 
you as instructors and teachers who are giving those basics to them uh, how does it feel in terms of the kind of questions they are asking does it get repetitive after a while does it is it frustrating for you to repeat the same thing or are you good with kind of explaining those things over and over again i i feel like um, as instructors when you like one one good thing that happens when you teach is your fundamentals get stronger because when you when you're repeating the same thing unless it's that's okay yeah uh, unless it's uh, a question like what what brushes she use unless it's that question i think it's more like um, if it's something like fundamentals like perspective or light or like atmosphere or like how do you give depth when you teach people that you obviously you're reinforcing that same concept into your mind too so i feel like teaching those things will just make you better i mean people have to realize that mm-hmm. because like a lot of people have this um, mentality where they scared like if i teach and they learn my techniques what will happen to me or like because they become my direct competition but when the actual fact or reality is when you're teaching you're improving and all of us are like in the time same time frame no no one is like like they are not suddenly going to go into your future or, <laughs> i mean that, that's the funny thing because a lot of people ask like how old you are or something like that but uh, i always found that uh, question to be funny because all of us exist in the same time frame like when when they are 20 and you're 30 and if i go 40 they'll be 30 but that same like we are all existing in the same time frame so when they are improving if i work harder i'll obviously improve better yeah so it's not it's not like when they are 30 i'll be like 30 again i'll be 40 so it this make it makes no sense to ask them what the age is or like the teach like if i teach them they'll become better like by the time they become better you will become better because you'll be learning new things I, in and an ideal you're situation, teaching, you're also constantly. Yeah, growing. you should. You sh- I mean, unless you like uh, slack off, yeah. you should become better. If you don't become better and they become better than you, it's obviously your fault. Maybe it's. I'm, I'm not saying that it's our fault. It maybe it's like a choice. It's like a life choice, like lifestyle choice you make. You're saying, okay, I want to uh, slow down. I don't want to focus too much on art because. I've seen a lot of artists burn out, man. I mean, that's really saddens me because yeah. people should start realizing that art is not life. And I always try to promote this idea that love the thing you're you're doing. Like if you're doing art, you should love it. When you stop loving it, it's probably uh, something you're just doing it like for like sake of doing it. And when you reach that spot and uh, you're doing it for too long, burnout is like unavoidable. And when you have these continuous burnouts like four or five burnouts or like you you are you just get into this depression cycle right and once you get into the cycle it's very hard to get out and uh, and and end of the day i would ask you like is it all worth it is it, is it all worth going through the depression going through this some kind of psychotic experience to just get better or because people would say that i would just sleep 3 hours 2 hours just to get like better faster but end of the day by um, like um, i think there's this proverb like a candle that burns brighter like burns twice as fast or something like that it's like that i mean you you are any basically uh, cutting down your lifespan or you're cutting down like the enjoyment you do mm-hmm. and like i think at least a lot of fzd students i have heard that by the time they end their term they just hate art they have done so much of art that 
at least at least my my from my experience from some of the students they said they have hate like they just start to hate art in a way where like i'm fed up with this thing that's true that I, can happen that, i think that's due to a very problematic thing that starts from the seniors almost scaring the junior artists when they join the course where this kind of mentality is drilled into them that they won't get to sleep at all there's so much of work but i don't think that's actually <laughs> the case because from my own personal experience Okay. I was having a fairly balanced life. Of course, some days you have to work harder than the other days. There's no denying yeah, yeah. that. But you yeah. can have a fairly balanced life. I think the point that you touched upon burning out is quite true. I think artists are almost in this zone. A good high performing artist would be in the zone between burning out and between getting jaded too soon with the industry. Yeah. yeah. So you have to almost find that sweet spot where you're growing at a reasonably good pace but mm-hmm. not essentially eroding the reason why you started yeah, doing yeah. this stuff and at, uh, i think yeah. it's it's a hard thing right especially when you're younger because i know i always had this let's say notion of trying to become this really super established artist at a very very young age you almost want that kind of adulation where you're the youngest senior artist in the world or something like that mm. and almost in that trying to chase that target you might lose everything in the process yeah i mean yeah i mean end of the day we should just go back and ask ourselves is it worth it i mean is it worth sacrificing because you when you do things like that you have to cut ties with everything mm-hmm. your friends your family and those bridges you burn may not really come back i mean people might uh, start associating you with that kind of a personality and end of the day i mean i i'm in a stage where i started giving more priority to my family rather than my like uh, career and uh, art to me is always something i love doing but it's not my life some people dedicate their life to art i mean that is uh, that's pretty respectful and they enjoy doing it but to me at least it's like um, i need to get the clear distinction between work and passion and a uh, lot of people get uh, into um, and like uh, tangled between those two things i mean that's where like uh, people start abusing artists where like they give them like very low pay saying this is a really nice job but you you as an artist you think that oh yeah i mean it's something related to my field let's just do it mm-hmm. for low pay and a lot of people have abused this thing where like artists would draw even if it's a low age because they enjoy drawing but uh, people have to realize that a job is a job yeah. no matter what whom you work for so even if you work for the best in like uh, the company out there after 6 months it just became mundane and uh, it's not going to be any different than any other job you've done so always have that self respect and never lose that self respect that's one one point i even uh, tell everyone saying that if you have a, like um, if you have a self worth saying that i will only work for this much amount try to stick to that unless you are really like a uh, desperate for money like in that situation i don't think you can bargain a lot right but yeah. unless you are in that situation try to at least stick to this point where like i am an artist who is worth this much and i would not uh, work for anything lower than that yeah i think this is an important conversation to have because like you rightly said it's very easy to get lured by the name of the title or the name of the project mm. 
or the company even and not worry yeah. about the finances and that's easy to say when you're younger because you don't have any responsibilities in most cases but as you deal with life as it progresses and i feel like um i think artists tend to blame the companies too much in this regard where they are almost putting the entire blame on the company but the artists themselves also i feel need to take ownership and stick to certain proper business tactics and business acumen it's not yeah. even about like self worth or self esteem i think it's just pure business where you need to understand that you're giving a value and you need to be paid for that yeah. value yeah that's pretty true i mean in terms of business you always have to think of those terms where like you're not going to like get a free uh, like a carpentry work done no carpenter is going to come and just mm-hmm. set up like a the table and you can just say oh you can just uh, take these photos and just get new work from that no one's going to agree to that so putting those uh, concepts into place where like like in your life would would you do the same work like would someone else do the same work for the same rate you are telling them or like you're like negotiating with them so putting them about that thing into your head kind of will simplify your whole like uh, business deal concepts and trying to at least i mean that's why when i say like your self worth i like mean like at least decide on some price mm-hmm. that you you can negotiate to that's true yeah i i like the fact that you're you know bringing up these parallel sides of the industry as well because that's quite important to learn yeah yeah just kind of tracking back to the art part of it i wanted to ask you one question early on which i was quite curious about there was a phase i think a couple of months back where you were posting pretty much on a daily basis really really high quality of character designs and environment designs and i was really curious yeah, right yeah. from that point from that time onwards like how were you generating so consistently such a diverse set of imagery i i think i like this again comes back to my efficiency thing where i'm like i just saw like the easiest way to do things and thing for the uh, keyframes i would take like one image that's like the inspiration image and i i'll quickly block out uh, the thing in 3d and like finish it off like in a uh, 30 40 minutes just do like a basic lighting and just use photos and the characters to just quickly finish it up and for characters i would like um use like a base character and i would just use like just two or three photos mm-hmm. and just get inspired from that quickly sketch on top of that and start bashing photos on top of that and quickly create uh, designs from that and that i think that was for my experimentation with pretty much my workflow like i told you that i mean try to like experiment with that workflow for a month then you get used to it enough for you to maybe use it in your professional work never uh, experiment in your professional work that would be my advice <laughs> that's that's good advice yeah you need to be ready yeah. with the techniques before going into the yeah profession. before you actually implement it after you transition from working full time in a studio to working freelance how yeah. has your day to day changed in terms of the way you approach your work and just general life as a whole i think um uh, with uh, your studio job it gives you a structure like for free because you have to be there by 9 and obviously you have to leave by 5 so you only have the rest of the time for you to plan with this thing uh, it has given us a lot of flexibility mm-hmm. but in like in this corona time i frank frankly speaking i've just become more lazy for sure <laughs> was 
I, I used to get my work quotes done and everything was pretty structured before Corona hit. And once Corona hit, everything just went whammy. And now I think it's just getting back into the stage where like you have that flexibility, right? With uh, freelance, I think the main flexibility is I get to decide if I'm working today. Mm-hmm. If I feel like tomorrow I'm like burned out, I don't really want to work. I could just tell to my clients, oh, I'm not available tomorrow. So, I mean, that flexibility and that power, I feel like it's it's a very great thing to have as an artist because you're not uh, productive every day, every day of the year, right? Yeah. So there are some days you really can't work. I mean, as a professional, you should be able to create content on that day. But what if you you are just mentally broken down and the content you create would just be worse? It'll just make things worse and maybe it'll ruin your relationship with your client. So in that stage, it's always a good thing to take a stand and say that, okay, let me at least take half a day break and uh, try to relax. Because artists, all of us get this panic attack. So like some kind of a very stressed situation where it's like high stress and the deadline is in a few days and you haven't like finished up the work. Mm-hmm. So those kind of things, even if in a uh, like a studio environment, um, you can maybe... Uh, like usually the studio will cushion it out, right? They will uh, like ask for extra time for you, but in a freelance environment, that kind of pressure, you'll have to take it. But the advantage would be like once the project is done, you can pretty much go on a vacation and you can just uh, like uh, unwind and just relax. But in a studio environment, you still have to continue because you have that. There's a constant uh, state of mid-level pressure almost. But yeah, yeah. Like with studio, there's work. always some kind of a like a, uh, some kind of a random book they try to assign to you. <laughs> and I felt like they they're like, oh, this guy's uh, sitting idle. Let's put something on his head. I think definitely in outsourced studios, that kind of tendency comes in where you don't want to see an artist sitting idle at any yeah, point. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they've been trained to do that. Um, with our studio, at least we have that um, luxury of like saying, okay. Um, and because we have multiple artists working, so we have we at least have that. Okay, if I'm not able to do it, someone else will be able to do that same work. JB, your audio so, level decreased suddenly, like dramatically. I'm not sure if some setting changed. Is it better now? Yeah, it's back to normal. Yeah, Windows has a strange bug. I think where it switches the microphone volume up and down. Oh. Yeah, I man, Windows and Photoshop. <laughs> Never ceases to amaze me oh, every day. That's the longest <laughs> running love story. <laughs> love story. Oh my God. Yeah. Photoshop is just a mess right now. It's weird, and right? Like With the... each update, it, it's like a hit or miss. You never know what kind of bugs might arise. And it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's new bugs every update. And I'm like, wow, you guys, you guys are just doing great. <laughs> I think they have a team for making new bugs. <laughs> I mean, my I think my personal uh, belief is that they, they are giving out new bugs because like the Photoshop is a program that really hasn't changed over the past like 10, 15 years. And other than like small, small features, like here and there, like this cosmetic things, I don't think Photoshop has really changed. I much. think the only one so they, feature in recent memory I can think of is the symmetry tool. That's the only thing yeah. that I remember. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, some AI based, some tools, small, small tools. Those are like all cosmetic things, right? And I don't think symmetry was that hard to implement at least. Mm-hmm. And like they they need to like somehow justify for the char- charges they're doing. So they're like, well, let's 
put some bug outside <laughs> we'll make it look like we fixed the bug we'll make some new bugs next next update <laughs> we'll fix those yeah a lot of yeah. people have been switching to clip studio paint as well which is more like a yeah i heard satish thing. say the same thing i haven't really tried it out but yeah we really need to try it out because we are frankly speaking we are fed up with this um, this uh, love and hate relationship for photoshop the only reason we are just using it is because we are just used to it exactly yeah and uh, yeah again it's like that workflow thing right you get so used to working at a certain pace and efficiency with a set pipeline mm-hmm. breaking that when it comes to professional work gets tough because mm-hmm. you've committed to a particular time and it's hard yeah, to I mean, break it's it yeah it's a risk so yeah. yeah i mean a lot of times what we do is in our downtime we test it out and if it's really good then we just stick with it yeah my microphone is <laughs> the tab is kind of like switching that's okay i mean i'll i'll, I'll just keep an eye i'll level the audio later on even if there's any particular sure. issue sure 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 so there was one question earlier when you were talking about you know mentioning to the client that you want to take a half day off or take the day off yeah i i think it's quite a mature thing that you're approaching it like because everyone's a professional they understand but somebody who's quite early on in their freelance career may almost be afraid to tell the client that hey i can't deliver it today what advice would you give them because i think that's a fairly common question that people run into yeah i i would say tell the truth i mean uh, there's no way around it if you like you can lie to them once but if you're not able to deliver it the next day um then they would be really disappointed with you i mean uh, telling the truth has two aspects to it because that is the actual professional thing to do because they're humans too they're not like some kind of a machine that they won't understand your like uh, situation mm-hmm. i mean if it's a genuine situation and you are not able to deliver because of that they would they will definitely understand if they are not willing to understand i would say it's not a good client to work with mm-hmm. to start off because your your relationship with the client is an important thing too i mean you want to work with people whom you enjoy working with you don't want to work with people who are like like a tyrant where like they only expect work from you and no there's no human bonding um so if you tell them the truth and they are ready to accept. i mean most of the time like like 99% of the time when we have told like uh, the clients that well, the, today we are not able to deliver because uh, our artist is kind of uh, not able to solve the design please give us more time it's it's like a genuine uh, thing i mean design is not something you have in your pocket you just take it out of here is yeah. here design so it's not something you can just like uh, take like uh, like create and like out of like like thin air so it's something it which evolves sometimes it doesn't click and uh, most of the time professionals have some kind of techniques or like people experience artists have like some kind of a technique or like they already have enough experience where they have uh, like enough uh, visual library to pull it off even if it's not working they they can make it look good enough for presentation but when it comes to junior artists i think they struggle in that spare spot where they don't have that uh, experience of creating uh, like a good quality work even if the design is not like up to the mark mm-hmm. like even if your presentation is really good and the client will be like oh yeah the first set of design is not really good but do you want to try another shot but what happens with junior artists is is like they focus so much on design that their presentation kind of is um, all of the plays so or it's not well presented it's like a no matter i would always compare it to cooking right if you create like a really nice dish 
and uh, if you don't present it well you just put it on like a used plate or something like that and you give it to some customer <laughs> he's obviously going to think that that's 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 disgusting i mean i don't want to eat that yeah the presentation is the, everything right i mean like the difference between star hotels and like normal hotels is just presentation there's nothing different so people are paying like the premium for that so when you create content always my advice to them is like if you are running low on time say you have only one hour just focus on your presentation just give, get your presentation as professional as you can <laughs> and that sells that's true the presentation sells that gives you a design like a maturity and it gives the client like a feeling that you really worked on it if you are working till the last minute and your presentation is really bad the client will be like oh yeah this guy didn't really put his effort into this thing and even i mean i'm just thinking in terms of my like a human right i mean i would look at the work and if it's incomplete or like if it's half drawn or i was only able to do like the half of the third sketch like uh, uh, um, like you don't even have to do the third sketch you just have to make sure that the two sketches you have is really well presented and tell them that oh i'm sorry i could only do two sketches today and they will understand because like a lot of times like we i'll tell them like three and we will only be able to deliver two sometimes we deliver four yeah and then maybe the next day we deliver four but it's like a it's like a fluid thing it's never like a static thing where like oh every time you need to deliver that exact amount or that's a sin so i mean a lot of like even i have faced the same situation and the presentation thing has always helped me like uh, get out of the hole i really like i mean just your whole approach is like a very balanced and very level headed approach i feel you're not getting swayed by the emotion of the project or getting yeah. worried because of the deadline and stuff like that so i really appreciate that quite a bit and so generally i like to <laughs> you're welcome generally i like to close the conversation talking about the future plans of the artist but you of course already <laughs> elaborated yeah. you want to retire so one thing i wanted to talk about was in your yeah. portfolio i had seen this project called the ground zero project which yeah, i found yeah. quite yeah. visually interesting yeah, yeah that, that's pretty much <laughs> that's the, that's the book project uh, was, oh. i was talking about okay okay yeah. okay well so i guess then that... it is kind of out there already then <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I I had teased a couple of images. Those images for just they were just um, like um, like exploratory thing for the style and uh, like the general subject matter. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I was writing stuff, I was like uh, inspired by the uh, written content, and I would uh, do work according to that. And I feel like at least for me, this book project is really inspirational because when when I do. like art it's a different kind of feel and when i'm writing stuff that gives me inspiration to mm-hmm. do new keyframes like according to those written content so that is like a back and forth approach and i mean i'm really enjoying it because it's end of the day they, this i'm like the menu asked me like if i'm planning to like commercialize it or like sell it or something like for me it's like it's my personal thing man okay i mean it's i just want to put a book out and if people enjoyed it, it's good but to me it's like okay i just need some kind of a printed book that i'm proud of that i created so is that journey of just creating the book for you that's yeah yeah it's it's just that journey and having that like physical copy of that book in my hand mm-hmm. i feel like is my is my like happiness and like in sort of like the monetary 
like i don't think money like at least to me money is like always like like the second or the third thing in my mind for me it's always that experience mm-hmm. that's why i personally like traveling too because traveling is all about experience like you experience the place and um even with art i am trying to go into that field where i i don't want to do it for the money sake it's just for like the experience of working in that project or experience of working with the director so i mean i really want to reach that level of maturity in terms of art mm, that's very well put yeah just collecting those experiences again adds more layers to your artwork down the line as well because you're almost gaining different world views along the way yeah 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 i rather be a mature artist rather than be like a awesome artist mm. <laughs> that's my oh. cup of tea that's that's <laughs> i think that's a great way to end this conversation jivi i think awesome buddy very, very well done so thank you again once again for coming it was great thank fun you. talking thank to you thank you for inviting me yeah you're welcome and yeah let's keep in touch and for sure just come back in a couple of years we'll see once maybe the book is out <laughs> or some new artworks are there to discuss sure buddy sure buddy all right good night take care man take care. good night bye bye